Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, as well as Relentless, who has the spiciest takes, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, uh, the longest-running podcast. Um, honestly, in my in my head canon, just ever, you know, it's that's just, true. It's it started not even just Rocket League <laughs> podcast. That's just full just, stop podcast. Yeah, longest-running podcast, full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, um, welcome back. Uh, Wabbits is back. How's it going, Wabbits? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Lazero? How's your two weeks been? How my two weeks since, since we last talked? Yeah, we uh, obviously had crunch on last week, mm-hmm. um, but it's been good. It's been uh, it's it's been moving. Uh, life life's been moving. Um, mm-hmm. I've been. I mean, no, we're not going to go Rob and Kyle on the show. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, if you do want to go Rob and Kyle, join the Patreon. True. Uh, for our episodes <laughs> about our own lives, um, we got a glowing uh, endorsement from Pond, by the way. <gasps> Uh, for our most recent episodes there you go nice i don't remember it but nice <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i said i don't know but. a single thing that was said on that one but i'm happy to hear it <laughs> um yeah what did you want to say uh or oh. do you want to talk about cruncho okay we're gonna talk about cruncho but i don't know what i wanted to say like 10 seconds ago was moving yes currently moving it's insane lots of it's literally two days the house was showing and it was sold and it hadn't even been on the market yet. Like, I don't understand what this real estate market is. I'm just putting that out there. It's insane. Things are crazy. That's why I wasn't on last week. <laughs> oh, okay. That, yeah. that totally works. Totally works. Um, you just said moving. Yeah. That, it reminded me of that. So yeah. I got you. Guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to have more interviews for here and there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll kind of see how it plays. I mean, listen. I, I think Wabbits is the biggest draw. So you know, the more we can have Wabbits on, the the, the but, better the but show we need does. To pepper, pepper me in. We can't just always give people what they want. Gotta yeah. gotta hold me back sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the, the first thing we're talking about is I want Wabbits to react to last episode because he said he listened to it yep. and he had some thoughts. So what are your thoughts? Okay, Cruncho did so much better than I expected. <laughs> Like that was a that was a great podcast. <laughs> um, I, I I think with Cruncho, it's you know we've never really seen him serious ish, right? Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think I think he showed that he can he can totally talk for an hour. He can totally so, talk for an hour, but he he kind of matched you with the um the not entirely serious, but the you know professional lack of seriousness, right? Gotcha, gotcha. The, the kind of feel that we have going on here, where we're just kind of talking and we're vibing, but it's in like a kind of professional setting, and it's just nice, mm-hmm. but. Damn, he did so good. There were so many like nuanced views. I'm like, I agree with the vast majority of what he said, even though some things were a little bit wrong. And then he kept on saying that he didn't listen to the podcast. And I'm like, bro, you're literally just repeating my own thoughts. Like, stop. You're you're just you're plagiarizing here. At least give credit where credit's due. And it was it was good. It, no, he it. said he didn't listen to the podcast and then mentioned episodes of the podcast. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a, at least to p- pretend to not plagiarize like that's that's all i'm gonna say for that but um i i will say though uh with Cruncho on yeah i'm sure we'll, i want to get his take on like comms and stuff and, and uh mm-hmm. playing a little more focus on that it was a whirlwind 
Uh, but be sure to listen to that episode. It was a great one. Mm-hmm. Wabbit's endorsed. Wabbit's approved. Wabbit's approved. Um, I'll, I'll there say you that. Go. Okay, we're gonna get to, since I haven't talked to you about Rocket League for two weeks. Let's let's talk about Rocket League. Sure. You ready? Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the news corner. We'll just give an update for everybody that there is the NAS- NASCAR 2021 fan pack, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of cars I really like in it. Um, but more and more when they're releasing these like joint, uh, what's it called? like advertising things with, yep. with another mm-hmm. company endorsement things i'm like 20 dollars <laughs> yeah it's you know? kind of expensive <laughs> i i think for me it's like if i pay for like the the rocket pass every so often it feels very like oh i'm supporting the game mm-hmm. um but it might it might get to a point where i might stop buying the rocket pass and just buy these ones individually when there's one i really like mm-hmm. that might be my new new take um yeah how about you how, what's, what's your reaction to the to the nascar pack i honestly really didn't look at it um my only actual reaction to it is there's a ford mustang so that that already has me intrigued <laughs> <laughs> okay i can see that um but aren't like all the cars dominus even though they really yeah they're all dominus, hybrids so. yeah that's a mistake i don't know the classic <laughs> they forced a car that doesn't really work with the body because it's used more often i guess I mean, I'm going to be honest, there are some cars that do remind me of the Maverick GXT, so. Yeah, no, like uh, some of them I'm, definitely I'm happy with that, it. given that's the car I, I mm-hmm. mained, you know, for a while. I yeah, mained it. yeah, it's kind of a throwback for you. And I'm sure that some of the cars actually do fit the, the hitbox really well. Um, but there's also the hybrid hitbox. There's the Octane hitbox. I really doubt one of them would hit the, the Merc, but like maybe a, a Plank, the, the other one. I don't know. Other options, things... There are other options. That's all I'm saying. There's other options for car bodies. You put them in there. There's five, six, and it already sucks that there's only six, but you know. Well, it's so weird because I think it's, I think the reason that they had to end up eventually getting to this point of, um, of uh, what's the word of having these like standardized hitboxes, hitboxes. Like, standardized hitboxes is because when they have like, commercials like this you know what i mean or or like uh what's the word these packs they've mm-hmm. kind of gone to a point where it's like we need the most amount of people that want to buy it right no for sure um for sure i'm at a point now where i'm gonna be honest like okay except for maybe the battle bus there's very few <laughs> cars that i that i entirely care or like the fact that merc got like a new hitbox it's like there's a few cars to try out for fun but they're you know to to, to spend money on it, it i think a lot of us are like, I really don't want to be, you know, using different hitboxes that you're not used to. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I don't know. My my thoughts on it are that if you're going to use the hitbox, you're going to use the hitboxes on the cars that you're already using because you're comfortable with that. Like if I, anyone's going to play a Dominus, they're going to play the Dominus. And if they're feeling fancy, yeah. they might use the Maverick. If anybody's exactly. going to use the Octane, they'll use the Octane or the Fennec and that's it. Unless like I was saying, it's, it's gonna be fancy, but I'm gonna be—I'm probably the only one who likes using the Maverick. <laughs> yeah, but I—I kind of like the Maverick as well. It's a good car. <laughs> it's a sleeper car, but it's a good car. I don't know. That—that's it. It's like, a nice plank of wood, you know. It is. It is. It's a. Uh, it's. I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Um, but on that, it's like nobody's actually gonna stick to this new fancy car unless they were specifically buying the car for the car. In which case, you're mm. not gonna actually do anything knew with that because they were going to buy the car anyway <laughs> gotcha it's like the ford stands they were going to buy the ford stuff 
and they were going to use the Ford <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the Ford stands might have already bought two in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, no, but it's, it's fun. I, I mean, a lot of these integrations make sense, right? Having kind they of do. car related. I have nothing things. against them. I'm just sad that they don't do more, I guess. Yeah, some of these packs could include a whole bunch of like other stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just random stuff to kind of pad it out because it kind of feels. Yep. You're going to get this specific thing, but there's no like cool little things, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that that might be it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think I'm good for that. I don't know if there's any other big news I necessarily want to uh, look at right now. I can't um, think of anything specifically in Rocket League, so let's yeah, go on. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess last week was our most like esports or slash news uh, heavy, or sorry, two weeks ago. Yes. Uh, esports yeah. news heavy episode. Um, I want to talk about our week in Rocket League, the return of our <gasps> week in Rocket League, because I have hit champ three in both twos and threes oh playlists. my goodness i'm so, so proud of I you i have i have those those little champ three things and maybe i'll play some more ones now you know you now got your I wings i'm so proud of you <laughs> yeah i'm flying i'm flying um yeah so my first thing i want to talk kind of kind of in relation to this about was this idea that i feel um i feel i'm getting to a skill level where the games got really wonky all of a sudden. Okay. I had a game this morning that was seven, six and we came and back threes? from like a four. Yeah. And I had a four gold deficit. And we came back. Nice. Okay. Three. So just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, actually fully believe that. <laughs> another thing I'm noticing. So I'm just going to give my, some of my noticing thoughts and then, then maybe you can <laughs> react um, is that, as I've been ranking up, I've gotten an MVP a lot more, plus my overall point score total, even when I haven't scored or saved anything, is significantly higher. Okay. Um, which indicates that I'm hitting the ball more. Um, and this could have to do with just the fact that everyone around me is hitting the ball harder, right? So there's there's more interactions per game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could just be that my positioning's better, so I have a lot more opportunities. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could be a thing. So yeah, those are kind of some big things. I have something else, but I'm gonna kind of leave it to the end of the show because I want to talk about it a little bit when it comes to the power slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, uh, maybe for general improvements, I feel I am getting very comfortable with um, using left and right air roll while air dribbling. Nice. Ooh, so okay. that's kind of nice. Well, left and right air roll generally, but I actually think practicing it while dribbling is a good way to learn it because mm-hmm. it. It's kind of like, oh no, you you actually have to know exactly when to click the buttons yes. uh, to to keep yourself perfectly in that spot. So that's kind of how I practice it. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's just some things that are clicking, so uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Nice, that's actually really cool. I'm really proud to hear that because this this has been a long time coming. I'll say that. Um, I have also been in the in that area, the champ three ish <laughs> area and i totally understand the wonky game game thing <laughs> and just like a lot of inconsistency with uh with how things work um earlier today meaning like 10 20 minutes ago before we started this podcast um gotcha i got back to gc let's go We're nice here. so nice. that's nice um but it's like it's really wonky C3 is probably the weirdest set of games that I've played in a long time, at least like in the 
lower mid C3, just because there's so much inconsistency with how things are going. And it's really, really hard to play. I mean, I was talking about the toxicity like two weeks ago. <laughs> I was going to say, how are your last two weeks of toxicity? The toxicity has still been there. <laughs> like <laughs> it just doesn't go away. And I don't know why it's, <laughs> it's really bad, <laughs> but I, I think the closer I get to, to GC, it's like, it's really toxic once in like seven games as opposed to fairly toxic one in one games, <laughs> which, which I, I don't really understand because I, I, I would expect people to be trying a lot harder and be in a lot more try hard. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, everybody, I think in every single rank can understand this where people will get more toxic at the high ends of like the threes because people are trying to get up there. They're like, oh, they're competitive too. Like I get it. Yeah, it's competitive. It's like, damn, I'm like one, one game off. Give me this just right there. Give me that next, next fancy border. Give me that, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't actually had that experience with this specific time going up. It's actually Mm -hmm. just been in that earlier stages of um, the C3 where people got out of C2. Um, And I think a lot of people are happy to be out of C2 at this point because partially with the rank, uh, what what is it? Readjustment. Um, Yes. And redistribution. The redistribution. And then also like maybe people are just happy to be like, oh, I'm here. I'm in a new rank. Let's go. Um, That people don't have to worry about like, Actually, I don't even know what I'm saying here. This doesn't. I I don't understand why people are so toxic at C3. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> That's it. I I I, I honestly I, I say the same thing. Except the weirdest thing happened is I don't actually think because I had I think about a, maybe a couple days ago, like every C3 game, people are just giving up, and yep. then the most recent games, I haven't had anyone give up, even though if they became toxic, mm-hmm. they kept playing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take that, you know, over over people. Hundred percent of the time, yeah. But. I I think I think there's a lot of people. I mean, th- there's a good point. Uh, I think in, in in our Discord, somebody mentioned, um, you know, like what do I do when these people keep, uh, you know, leaving or doing nothing with like three minutes left in the game? Um, and Bingus responded with a pretty good answer. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, there's no way that guy's winning a game for the next few hours. <laughs> that's how tilted he's already was. So maybe that's your condolence, right? When you see a tilted player, right? You know, you could get angry and bring yourself down with them. And it's okay to get angry, right? But it, this is, this. what is it, 90 seconds about? So an emotion lasts, is a, lasts about 90 seconds. So you have about that much time to not let it get to you, essentially. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, if, if you can, you know, try to try to uh, keep going, keep, keep calm, cool, and collected, because mm-hmm. that person is probably going to go into the next game uh, and lose. Uh, if they Because they're probably going to play another five games and lose a row. So you True. can have that. You know, enjoyment maybe in the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just that sadistic enjoyment of, oh, that guy's going to be so mad for so long. <laughs> I think, uh, okay, yeah. I think I've, I've figured out, just thinking about this while you were talking about, I think I figured out why I've kind of avoided some of the toxicity recently, okay. at least, as opposed to the two weeks ago and um, before then. What I've started doing is just playing like playing and competitive, doing whatever. And then because of, you know, in the higher ranks, you'll run into the same people very consistently. Um, 
you'll like always match up with the same people. I'm sure this happens in the lower ranks, but it happens very often as you get up. And then Mm -hmm. eventually you're only playing with the same set of like 20 people. Um, (laughs) I don't think I'm, we're not there. Like we're not at that point unless you're playing at like 3 a.m. But (laughs) that's when you do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's when you do it. But the thing is what you have to do is if you like, so one toxic game, or one, one game where someone's toxic and I'm like, you know what? That's a one-off. You're fine. You can be toxic for one game. I run into them again and they're toxic again. I dodge them. And by dodging, I mean, I've trained 20 seconds and then I press the search button instead of instantly searching <laughs> because they're instantly searching hundred percent of the time. Now, <laughs> now that you've dodged them and you're in a different game with five different people, um, you get another toxic player at that point. You're like, nah, this is a bad day. Things aren't going to go well. I'm going to go play once. <laughs> I'm going to go play once. That's how bad it is. I'm going to go play once or hoops. And, and that's <laughs> it. And that's it. That's it. I'm done. Just leave. If you get like multiple games of just pure toxic people, I literally just left. I just took myself completely out of the game <laughs> and was like, I'm playing ones. I would prefer right now to play ones than I would to play threes. That's how bad it got. And it ended up working. Let me, yeah, let me put it this way. I think if you're at the level that you're supposed to be rank-wise, then to rank up at that point, I think is definitely a lot more about mentality than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're, you feel bogged down after like losing three games because of people leaving, probably time to call it a day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to playing ranked, right? Um, I actually wanted to ask you while we're kind of on this topic a little bit, uh, if are we can rock, you said you hit GC again. Is there anything in particular you feel like you're doing a lot better than the players that you're ranked to hit GC again? Or is it just at this point, something that you've like, you've already hit that level. So you know how to hit it again. Um, so it's partially that second point, but I think what I've, I noticed actually most obviously when I was listening to the podcast, um, last week's podcast a couple hours ago, um, what I noticed is that going very wide, just like really forcing yourself to take really wide position uh, rotations, even if it is still like fairly aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. I totally agree with Cruncho. Uh, uh, like he said in last week's podcast, that I'm a ones. I'm like the one man. I, I really like to go for the ball and just hit the ball fast and go and like do it. I just I don't care. Just just hit ball. Give me ball. Um, <laughs> but after that, you just look at where the ball is going and then you kind of also have to look at the other players but you'll do this better as you get higher up and then just go to the opposite direction i don't care where it is take your rotation go through it and then look at the ball see where it's going and go to the opposite side of the field i don't care if you're (laughs) i literally do not care if i'm running into my teammates at that point because that's their fault for being in the wrong spot probably and (laughs) and either way even if that's my fault for being in the wrong spot, I'm still going to end up on the far side of the field and I can save any goal. It's fine. I don't care. I'm just like forcing really, really wide and kind of bad rotations. And then just also kind of being slow with it. And it's allowing me to be positioned in such a way that I can be there for like a really wide pass, even if it's an accidental, like the ball pinched and it went off on the far side. It's like, oh, hey, I'm the only person here because I'm the only person that rotated wide. I mean, it makes complete sense because, like, let's take a position where your team is aggressive. Let's just say on the left corner. Mm -hmm. So there's one player on the ball. There's another player right behind him. While it kind of makes sense to be the third one on the left side, 
it's significantly better to be on the right side wide because then you know if 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 the ball does go back your way, you still have enough time to pedal back. Mm-hmm. But it also means you're there for the bounce that inevitably is going to happen across the net, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I think taking up that position, especially if you're a third man, of not being directly behind the two players that are both kind of in that corner, um, you know, you especially as you rank up, I think is the correct play because in a lot, I'm sorry, in a lot more circumstances than you think. Um, just because of the fact that you should have enough time to like pedal back if you have to, but also you're actually creating opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times if you're all on the left side, what happens is there's a clear goal scoring opportunities that go across to the right side of the field, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're on the left side, right? Because you're expecting your team teammate to lose essentially the fifty. Like that's <laughs> that's yep. what you're saying essentially. If you're if you're the third person, if you're all your cars are on the left side, you're essentially saying, no, my two teammates are going to lose this these fifties. Uh, yes, and I have to be here to to get an opportunity on the left side. So uh, I think as you rank up, you know, kind of where there isn't people being in that area uh, is definitely helpful. So hundred percent. So you're right, and that's like. I feel like you generally learn that in like the C1, C2. That's where that's the first time you you really start to learn that. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to start hanging out in midfield. That's kind of your your reaction. That's like entirely proper. You should have somebody midfield. You usually should have somebody behind the play and then somebody on the play. That's that's what you should be doing in a proper rotation. What I'm saying isn't that. (laughs) <laughs> i'm saying do not do proper rotations in anything below like ssl it's just not right <laughs> <laughs> it's not right Wait, hold, on. hold on the only problem i mean i i see what you're saying the only problem with this statement is your definition of perfect rotations is not the same as a gold player right true uh, or true. diamond player right the golden diamond player they have a very set definition it's it's uh, i don't Man, after you get, no, I'm not going to say his name, but there's a certain person that may or may not have commented about the Robin Kyle show that I mentioned earlier in this episode, mm-hmm. um, who really likes his circles. Is all I'm going to say. You uh, know? Understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, when you say proper rotation, I don't think you mean that. I really kind of don't. Funny. I really don't. Uh, so, so <laughs> when Wabbits means proper rotation, he's kind of referring to his approximation of how pro, pros play, right? Because I, I'm not confident enough. Like, I think you have. You know, you mentioned the podcast, I think, two weeks ago that um, you rotate better than all the people at your rank, right? No, I rotate um, very aggressively. I never said I rotate better. Or at least well, I never meant you, that. You, you have an ex- expectation that they're going to kind of move the way that, you know, higher level players might move. And I think that is correct mm-hmm. as you rank up to, to kind of have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I'm saying it's an approximation of how people should rotate is because of the fact that you'd have to have the experience of playing at like that high SSL or pro yeah, level, which is true to, to, to actually know it. Right. So yeah. you, you have an approximate, I mean, and this is the biggest problem, right? Is that every so often you kind of have to take a look at what you're doing wrong and, um, and readjust. So mm-hmm. like, this is a very simple example and it's something I never thought of, but until I are, uh, I put an RSC season, right. Yeah. Until we, we like reviewed our replays. Um, I always rotated like up to uh, let's say time and two. I always rotated pretty much along same the same side of the ball was. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and I had to actively decide to okay. Once I challenge, I go in a cross like across the field. And like some people might be like, oh well, it's it's just back post rotations. Like no, it's not just understanding that it's back post rota- rotations. It's understanding that you literally have to make a beeline 
towards the corner of where the back post is going to be and then turn in right Mm -hmm. and you have to do that and just i had to create that habit um but before then i thought my rotations were perfect i'm like (laughs) okay so so this is this right here that is the rotation that i said was proper that's the rotation that i'm saying you know what that's right you should be doing that you should be going like you know hit ball go through cut across net maybe go for a demo and then get boost if you're on aggressive or like cut wide, maybe go for a midfield demo and then get your back boost. And that's good. That's, that's the proper rotation. That's the circle rotation. That's what you should be doing. What I'm saying isn't that because that doesn't work when people don't know how to hit the ball correctly. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that's my biggest issue right now with, uh, with where I'm at, where it's just like, I've noticed that the, that the ball just kind of goes places and there's, I'm sure that the players have intention with this, but the intention is wrong. Well, and I think this is this is actually a problem of having played higher level play. Yes, I, I do. Th- I, I do I think agree. This is not a problem when you rank up, <laughs> because when you're ranking up, the consistency actually increases. Yes. So I think you have a better chance as you're slowly ranking up to have an appreciation of how. Oh, they're going to be more consistent. So there's a certain expectation that's they're going to be a little more consistent, and you kind of ride the wave upwards, right? Mm-hmm. But it's when you've you know. In those higher ranks, you get some weird games, and especially if you rank down maybe a little from where you were previous, your expectation of consistency is just non-existent, right? Yes. And I mean, this is why this is why I feel sometimes, like, it's kind of weird to say, but like my best games, I don't do anything for the first minute. Like, there's certain moods I get into where where I'm moving like super slow for like the first minute, and like some people might think that's weird, but. I tend to win those games and it's literally because the first minute I try to be like only hit the ball when I absolutely have to make the save essentially, or, or there's a good chance on that, mm-hmm. but then be like the most like non-existent player essentially. Like I hardly hit the ball for the first minute, but all it does is kind of let me get like a feel for the rotations that your this, teammates are doing. What my rotations, my teammates are doing what the opponents are doing and how mm-hmm. consistent people are. Yes. Like I feel like those things, like I literally spend the first minute figuring out, um, and, and those are the best I don't know games. if it's the correct play. Those are the best games. And also actually sometimes surprisingly or not, like sometimes you'll win the game the first minute when you do that. <laughs> True. Um, because you're an overly, it's not like you're a passive player, but you're moving so slow that your teammates don't expect you to go for the ball. Like mm-hmm. the people who are going to be aggressive anyway. Uh, so it actually kind of works out because then you slowly kind of in- integrate yourself into the, into the speed of the play. Yeah. Um, so it's, and I like, you know, this is not a suggestion, I think, for any lower level players, because I think a lot of people who try to do this can't move faster when they have to. Mm-hmm. So being so able to switch that, up your own play is a skill. <laughs> I mean, that's why ones is so important. <laughs> True. Because True. Uh, in ones, you're like, oh, like literally the decision to be like, I'm going to actively play more aggressive or I'm going to play more passive is a thing you have to do in ones mm-hmm. to win. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like being able to switch from those two things. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. uh but going back, to to going back a little <laughs> bit. So what you said there was a proper rotation. That's good. The reason that I'm saying not do that, at least where I'm at, and the reason I'm personally not doing that proper rotation is because when I cross and I go to like the opposite boost to be set up for, um, yeah. for the pass that might come across and stuff like that, the ball is already in front of me. 
And I have no idea how it ended up there because I went for a demo and then I went across to get the boost and, you know, wrote, turn back out. But then but it's I, happened so many times. Now, but <laughs> and that's, this is the, the a completely expe- expected play f- um, from f- this level. And I'm like, I don't know how the ball ended up here, even if I was watching the play. Like, it doesn't make a difference. I go for demo. I get boost. I'm like, this is good. This is where what I should be doing. I turn balls in front of me and i'm like how did this happen so <laughs> what what i've started doing now and what i mean by very much like forcing myself into that super wide rotation is i'm watching the play i'm going for the demo again the boost taking this wide rotation but then if the ball's in front of me i'm turning left and just going for the opposite mid boost like i i'm forcing that wide rotation because somehow the ball just ends up in front of me when i'm doing the already expected wide rotation let's say do you understand what I'm saying here? I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> I feel like this is something that I've actually noticed. I've sometimes like the balls are like almost in front of me, but like not perfect. And I'll just peel completely left. Yes. Go mid boost and be like, the ball's going to end up here. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I want nothing to do with this. So I'm putting myself as far out of the play as possible. And just and actually lets your teammates know what's up. Exactly. Right? As soon as they see someone <laughs> beelining out of it, they're like, okay, I guess I'm challenging now. <laughs> yeah. Even if they have to like, oh wait, I didn't want to go for this ball, but now I have to. It's like, I that doesn't matter. It's still going for the ball and you're still in and a you're defensive And you're going to end up spot. in that wide rotation. Exactly. With <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're tricking your teammates into making a challenge that ends up in your favor. Exactly. That's actually exactly what it is. <laughs> it's horrible, but it works. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing for the past little bit. And I think it's possibly fixed a little bit of the toxicity because now I'm not in that weird spot where it's like, damn, ball's in front of me. Maybe I should try and like, I don't know, pass this out. But then there's already two teammates on my team that are are there. And I'm like, wait, why are you here? Um, <laughs> I'm just Hello. straight up getting out of the play and being like, I don't want this. And then that might I, help. <laughs> that's so crazy to think of it that way, because I think the reason why this works is because actually everyone's brain dead or monkey. Like, like they're playing monkey. Kind of. Kind of, well, but also like, not. It's it's really weird. It's really I don't know no, no, why no, no, it no. happens. But here's my theory. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the reason that so a lot of players are literally just going around hitting the ball and have like no thought of what they're doing still, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you do that, if they're just reacting, that's the cue for them to react to be like, okay, no, he's not challenging. I need to challenge now. Mm-hmm. And so the reason it works is because they're not like trying to think out the play. They're just kind of like reacting to to the sudden change so i think what happens is a lot of players i mean what you kind of have to do right at the higher levels a lot of players are literally just reacting it's like okay who's the closest i'm the closest i go right mm-hmm. like that that's generally you know speaking of like higher level rotation that's generally kind of how it, how it happens mm-hmm. um and so i guess my theory is because you do this weird thing where you probably could have went for the ball but you didn't and you just completely rotate it out you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh then they're everyone has to adjust and your teammates are like just okay just get to the ball i don't care and whatever reason that 50 always ends up being on the other side of the field <laughs> yeah that might actually be pretty pretty good explanation i don't know what um, I, yeah, it could be could be it okay another <laughs> thing i want to add now that i'm actually thinking about this like mm-hmm. like what is like champ 3 different i think it's opportunity seizing mm. um it gets a lot better essentially the idea is right um that when there's an opportunity to cut or to just go for it, someone will go for it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think as you go up in the ranks, it's not to be like full speed all the time, but it's be like realizing, oh, I can actually get to this before anyone, right? That realization, I think people are a lot more, they've encoded kind of when they can do that, mm-hmm. right? When they can find like the hole out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, and take it. Uh, and I think that's one of the, like one of the big differences. And as well, on top of it, I would say, and maybe this is like something to do with ones, but there's almost that mentality of like, you stop just kind of hitting the ball and being like, okay, how do I control the whole game? And you start kind of looking at it as in, is there a sliver of a chance that I can score right here? Because I'm going to be first of the ball. And if the answer is yes, then the higher level players find that opening, if that makes sense. Mm. Right. Like it, it's, it's like, I, I find, I find kind of surprising opponents where you're all passive all game. And then all of a sudden you turn and you like go really, really aggressive. I think maybe that's the best explanation, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you, you pretty much haven't cut all game. Then all of a sudden you cut and score and it's like, why did you cut there, right? Someone might ask, right? Like, why did you cut in that particular point? You hadn't cut at any other point. And I was like, you realize within a split second that, hey, the ball is bouncing in a particular way where I can turn and blast it and no one's going to challenge me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is one of the, maybe the, if I want to say differences between C1, C2, C3, it's it's this, right? Not specifically anything to do with accuracy, although I think most people are pretty accurate, but it's this idea of, on top of the accuracy being like there is half a second decision that I'm making right more often than not, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and seizing this opportunity that otherwise wouldn't be there. Right. And, and C1 people would just let it bounce, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it, it would just let it kind of, you know, bounce in the air and wait full two seconds. Right. While the higher, at least I feel in C3, it's like, no, people are turning and going for it. Um, and finding those those things and the decision to go or not to go or to turn back just gets a lot better right mm-hmm. like people are just um people see it and they're like okay i this split this is a second decision that is c1 i made right 50 percent of the time i'm now making correctly 70 or 80 percent of the time mm-hmm. let's just say right um and i think that's something i guess to take into account yeah yeah no i, I thought you were going to start that with um the whole discussion of like what is an open net we've had that before we can go into that well either later actually week, but no we can go into right now okay this is actually a great point <laughs> yeah okay okay this is a really good point i didn't think this would actually work so well but okay so <laughs> wait before you, you go youtubers here. have made oh, um okay sure some common mistake videos okay mm-hmm. and i really urge diamond players anyone below diamond maybe I mean, I mean, I I know anyone around Diamond or higher even to go watch the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might have to do a lot actually with opportunity season that I was talking about specifically. Yeah. But in Verge's video, there's a moment where there are two players who are going. So two defenders, okay, are going to uh, they're going from the left side to the right side of their own net to save the ball. Okay, sure. And there's a player that's uh, aggressing forward and is kind of, let's just say, 30 yards out, all right? Just in my imaginary units or whatever. Okay. Halfway between the net and the goal, okay? On the left side. So they're all on the left side. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, 
you know, it's, it's really cool because he kind of showed the angle and it showed a lot of arrows. I think Verge does that very well. That's true. But a lot of times in that situation, when you see two defenders kind of already set up to make the save, you don't really think it's an empty net, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Verge kind of showed it from like a slightly different angle and essentially was saying that if you had hit the ball exactly at this point towards the right side of the net, yep. there is no way they can save it at the speed that they are going. Yeah. So it looked from the uh, aggressive side that the net was maybe going to be blocked by these two defenders that are going full speed from left to right to try to save it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when they showed the replay, it's like if he slightly tilted and hit it towards the right side of the net with any amount of power, there's no way that it could have been saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and he defined it as an open net. Yes. Right? And I think this is where, when I'm talking about opportunity seizing, it's there are certain situations where the defender cannot make the save as long as you hit it perfectly. Yeah. And, and when you save perfectly here, that is entirely dependent even, on rank. Yes. <laughs> that will change a lot. Like in bronze, it's like, oh, I hit it towards the net at like 20 miles per hour on the ground. Damn. That's an open net. You hit it from your own side with any amount of power in bronze towards the net. That's an empty net shot. <laughs> yeah. But then you get to like to GC and it's like, oh, these people are speeding from the left side to the right. And they're only actually covering the right side because they're full speed there. If I just hit it directly at them, none of them could stop. And that's a, that's a kind of opposite to what Verge is saying here. Um, but that's the exact same scenario. If all three defenders have speed towards the right side and nobody is ready for a left side shot then it's completely open on that left side and and being able to recognize and hit it towards that side where well here's the difference though all right and maybe maybe i'll argue this a little bit right Mm -hmm. is that um i think that's still a defended net it's a defended net in in the sense in the sense that higher level players there'll be one person that's either you know second tempo right like the second tempo in <laughs> mm-hmm. or they'll slow down just in time to make the save right yeah they'll they'll realize that oh one person's you know this person's uh, aiming or like you know you know what I mean? there's a chance that they can be saved right mm-hmm. the reason i want to point that out is because i think there are situations where it's like if you hit it with enough power towards that side right now they've actually created an opening where they cannot save it yes right there's no so i guess my point is is that there's there's a lot of these opportunities at the lower levels, um, but perhaps because of game speed or or just because of technical skill, they can't really be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. But then as you get up higher, there are times where I'm like, oh no, I should have scored that. And it's not because, oh, I could have had a good hit and they're probably going to save it. It's because literally they are out of position and no amount of full speed at where they were would have saved it if I hit it on that side of the net. Yep. Um, and I, for me, I think this is more important than maybe, you know, cross you're shooting across. Cause I, I agree with you. There's, there's people who are rushing to make the save and hitting it to where they are is, is a great option a lot of the time. Right. Um, because you recognize they're going full speed, let's just say left to right. And you hit it towards that left side. And that's like, they're not going to stop and then jump up, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's not something they're going to do. But I think realizing that you probably have every game let's just say five to five opportunities where if you just hit it with speed and power, no one can save it. Mm -hmm. And just making sure you score at least three of those, (laughs) you probably win a lot more games. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. I actually think um, that we kind of disagree on the definition of empty net here. Um, mm-hmm. Because I would 100% consider, like, let's just say it's a um, it's a 1v1 in threes. It's like you have opportunity and you just have ball control. And then the defender is coming from the left side of the net. You're coming from the right. If they are full speed um, at the net when you are shooting, there's a chance that the right is open. There, there is a chance, like depending on situation, um, but there's a very good chance that if you just either put it in top corner left or roll it to top corner or roll it to bottom corner left, then that is a harder save and more open than the right side. Again, this is all dependent on situation, but no, you no, can't okay, stop. so because I okay, so this is maybe I guess what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that I think that's like a ninety percent opportunity. Sure. I don't think it's an 100% opportunity. Okay. And, and for me, here we my definition... Yeah, we disagree. Yeah. My, my <laughs> definition of the 100% for openness specifically is there are 100% opportunities where you can score yeah. and you just have to take advantage of them. Yep. But you're saying essentially that it's like these are pretty much empty. No, <laughs> like I would actually well call that 100%. Empty. I would I would 100% call that mm. a guaranteed shot if you hit it correctly. Like that's an open... I guess especially with the speed of play at that level... The chances of hitting it like full stopping when they're already pretty much at the net. Yeah. I, I guess like I get what you mean, right? It's the same thing. There's a maximum uh, rate at which you can speed up and there's a maximum speed. And then the same option, there's a ma- maximum speed that you can slow down. That's what I'm saying. So hitting it at the person is the exact same as hitting it to the opposite side. Because he can slow down at a certain uh, speed and he can speed up at a certain speed. But... You can't go. This past is all that. enabled because they didn't challenge you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if you're, if you're, maybe this is actually another thing to talk about slightly here. But if you're at the higher level and you're kind of like diving from one side to the other side of the field because you're already out of position, mm-hmm. if you could cut down the angle even a little bit, you probably have a better chance. Yeah. I don't know if you're last man and you're it's just straight a one v one or a two v one. Like yeah. You, you're not to blame for that 90% of the time, unless that, unless you had an earlier challenge that you, that was free. Um, yeah. You're, you're usually not to blame for that goal entirely. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I get what you mean. I, th- I think it is okay to, to change my earlier statement. I think that's also has to do with opportunity season. Yes. Seizing mm-hmm. very much. So yeah. Um, maybe I, I de- define open net differently because it's, yeah, I, I guess you have a fair argument that it's like if they're already at the goalpost, mm-hmm. <laughs> like or pretty much at the goalpost, there's no rate at which they could slow down to make the save. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's what yeah, I'm trying to say yeah, here, yeah. which yeah. happens a lot more often than you'd expect. <laughs> opportunity seizing, understanding positioning, like where their position and what they can and can't do, mm-hmm. um, can lead to a lot of easy goals. And then you know, once again, this is why ones is so important because mm-hmm. that's all you're focusing on. Yep is they made a mistake and now you have to just put the ball in the net. It doesn't matter how you put it. It has to get in the net without them being able to save it. Exactly. There are times where you want to slow down and do fancy stuff. And there are times where it's like, no, just hit the ball with any amount of speed towards their net. You're probably scoring. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, They're slightly out of position. I mean, even, even something as simple as this, right? A lot of times if I'm going on the right side and I see the person on the left side of the car, Mm -hmm. um, I will probably like slow down and try to go for a flick or maybe try to go across. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a lot of those situations, let's just say the ball's bouncing as well. If I just do a powerful shot towards the right side of the net, 
Yeah. That person is trying to adjust for my speed to make the save actively, right? Mm-hmm. If we're both going down, so someone's going down the left side of the field, I'm going down the right side of the field, and they're the defender trying to save the net, right? Mm-hmm. That person's already a little desperate trying to catch up, so they're they're either going full speed to make the save, right, or they're trying to adjust to where my shot is. So, so a lot of those times, if you if you find a, like a rocket towards the right side, it's just it's also an opportunity, pretty much that yeah. they can't really save. They would have had they would have had to have essentially guessed, <laughs> yes, that the ball <laughs> is going to be blasted there and went full speed. And that's what you have to do sometimes. I feel if you're the last minute defender, is is uh, if if you're in those terrible positions where you're already out of position and your teammates hadn't rotated properly either it's like sometimes it's like no guess one or the other because there's no way you're going to like slow down and save it sometimes you, know? mm-hmm. you can't always that, cover the entire that's net. a tricky one though that's 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 a tricky one to say though as well but you do learn that in once how to cover as yeah. much of the net as possible that's possible yeah yeah and hope for the best <laughs> yeah and hope they can't hit that tiny um, area you're not covering <laughs> Okay, uh, I'd like to get into a little bit about Wayden's 32 mistakes. Also, by the way, the Verges and Wayden's videos, I'm, I'm linking in the description below if you want to nice, have nice. a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wayden's video, there was one thing that I disagreed with, and I kind of want to go over this uh, with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, he was saying to always, like, once you get boost off kickoff, like, to always turn upwards. Um, I fully disagree with that. <laughs> and And... <laughs> I you know to, to Cruncho's point, I think at a higher like a higher level, like the closer you get to SSL, the more it makes sense. Um, but I think it's anywhere for ninety five percent or even ninety seven percent of the Rocket League population. Uh, I think after you get boost, turning towards your own net defensively instead of outwards is the correct play. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, that's the one I'll disagree with Wayne on. Yep, uh, just because it's. There's two reasons. One, I would rather lose on my own mistake, my own ability to make the save on the net than lose on kind of someone else's mistake. If that makes sense. Fair. Especially in that volatile five seconds after a kickoff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like so many goals are scored on kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's like pinches and there's like 50s that just go anywhere. It's kind of like a uh, a pool when you're breaking a pool uh, and just everything's going everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, pool is Rocket League. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, so I, I definitely think going backwards defensively is is one better for like mentally. I think mm-hmm. is that you can just be like, oh well, I missed the save, as opposed to like, oh my my teammate missed it, and now now we're down one. Mm-hmm. And two, um, mm-hmm. v- very rarely is kickoffs consistent ever yep it takes uh, a long usually... time and a lot of mmr i think it's probably yeah. only in like high ssl like i, I don't even know if crunch could say that his kickoffs were always consistent <laughs> and, and the point being is i i think it a lot of times will just bounce off the wall and go into one of the two nets so if that's happening <laughs> So that usually doesn't happen. I will give it that. No, maybe but. that doesn't happen. Okay, that, that, that is a little facetious. Mm-hmm. Point being, I I think you'll probably. Oh yeah, this was this was the point. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to my point. Then I'll let you. Mm-hmm. I'll let you speak for a bit, Wabs. You know. Okay. okay. Uh, you actually talked a lot this episode. I have. I'm just. I'm just. I'm, I'm talking more this last bit. Um, the 
the amount of times that you're going to have an opportunity to actually score by going upfield is significantly less than the amount of times that you're going to make a last last ditch save mm-hmm. going defensive. Mm-hmm. That that is essentially the the cost cost benefit yep. analysis of of the, of it. Okay, what did you want to say? Okay. The reason that I fully disagree with this like absolutely okay. every single way um <laughs> is that what he's arguing for is let's say you have a really good person on kickoff. That's like yeah probably a 50% chance that it goes towards you when you're going for boost Um, because a really good person probably wants to kill it for the person that's cheating. So that if they can hundred percent do a kickoff, that it's a hundred percent killing back to the person who's, um, who's cheating. Um, But if they're, you know, not perfect on kickoff and they're just very good, maybe 20% of the time it's going to roll out to you on the side. Let's say that. Um, and this is ignoring the the combo kickoff where, you know, that's a planned kickoff for the team. We're not including that. Team kickoffs don't count. Um, well, because especially if you're playing with a random person. Yeah, competitive, you just can't imagine. You don't know if it's going left or right either. Like, exactly. You don't know what they're going for. <laughs> exactly. So what is end, ending up happening here is that you are taking that, let's say, 10% chance for possession, like an offensive possession for a 10% chance for a goal on you and your offensive possession will not always lead to a goal. Even in that really, really good uh, scenario of I either get possession or it goes in. Cause those are the only two options. Your person that's cheating isn't going to be able to get back. If it goes directly into the net, you're not going to be able to, because you've already decided to go offensive and your kickoff person doesn't have enough boost. So nobody in this is able to cover net whatsoever. And your other or what you're sacrificing for that potential is an offensive possession, which will not always go in. If that was the case, then kickoffs would, you know, lead to goals way more often. And they already lead to goals very often, but that's generally because somebody didn't go defensively, not because they had the uh, position or possession. So I will always disagree with the, uh, the person going for boost on kickoff, turning upfield. Because if you're not covering your net, then you're making that decision to le- let a goal in for about a half a second difference um, on a 50. Like, instead of just getting clean possession, you get a 50. At worst. Worst case scenario. So, I don't like that at all. That was the only thing I think in the... Actually, no, that wasn't the only thing. There was another kickoff thing. But that, <laughs> the two kickoff things were the only things in the video that I disagreed with. So 30 mistakes you're probably <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's um, that's one mistake that Waiton is definitely making. <laughs> and and you know, I I think the like some part of me is like we we had a discussion about like being more optimistic than defensive at some point. <laughs> it's like understanding how to play in a way that's like be more aggressive, trust your teammates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there is something to that. But in this particular case, um, as advice goes, there's only a handful of people I think adhering to that advice would even potentially work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, if we go back to, oh God, the early episodes when Combo was talking about that kickoff, like, their kickoff was. One, it was actually one person turned aggressively, I think, because it was a kickoff back corner to the person who turned aggressively out to mid to the person who was cheating. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that, that was a very well set kickoff. And it was a complete play and they got a lot of goals off of it because they knew what they were doing and they were in comms and all that. But I remember Combo saying that he really only trusted Jer 100% with that because Jer <laughs> was so good at that kickoff. And mm. anybody else going for that kickoff, you probably want somebody defensive because even if they they plan for it and they have the entire setup and everything's good, it's still very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not going directly back to that person who had the possession, then that's going in your net. And it's kind sure. of a either we want to destroy this team because we're already up three and we want one more <laughs> or we need to come back and we're down one with 20 seconds left. Let's go all out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on this one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. There is another question. This is a question that um, I think we we talked about power slide briefly mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Or did you? I don't know if we did go more in depth. Um, but you're saying something essentially about like pros clicking the button for 0.1 seconds, right? Yep. Um, and I have been trying to use this, okay, mm-hmm. to keep my momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need you to help me here, sure, because. <laughs> I do not like, is it every time you land, you should be clicking it essentially. Every time you land, you should have power slide on for a tiny bit because then you just, so you literally click it every time you land, you're kind of holding it. And then you jump. I'll say that if if you're on a landing to recover, you're holding it because you're already air rolling and that's your, your air roll button. And then you jump and then flip towards the direction like that. Oh, so you, okay. Okay. So maybe this is my, maybe why I'm having trouble with this is because I don't have the natural reaction to, um i think i'll land wait a second and then flip <laughs> yes yeah uh that's that's the but, re- your like actual recovery thing that's not about like just straight mm, turning power slide no, no no but i i guess my point with this is okay if i'm going completely straight right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sh- should i be holding it as i land you should be Okay, so with that in mind, I think the reason that I'm having trouble with this is because my brain's trying to wrap around the fact that I should be clicking it the whole time. You shouldn't be clicking. Um, you should be holding and, and then flip. <laughs> holding and then flipping. So yeah, I think that's it. It's I I will then hold it for like a little too long. I'm like, oh, I need to keep speed. But it's like, no, you have to keep it and then flip immediately into going perfectly straight, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the reason I'm having trouble with it right now is I'll click it for a split second, but I'm not going straight. Yes. So yeah. So I'll I'll drift a little bit and then turn, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> and lose all my speed. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, um, what? Yeah. Yeah. What should be happening if you're recovering like that is like, okay. Let, let's imagine like a very good scenario. You're on the wall. You're low on the wall. You're trying to get out of the play. You wave dash. You have your drift on because wave dashing with drift is better. You flip diagonally towards wherever you're trying to go, whether it's your back corner boost or the mid boost or whatever, who cares? Um, And then your car should be pretty much straight. So you hold a tiny little bit of drift when you're, when you're landing there, but you're already full speed. So then you just tap boost a tiny bit, let go of drift and then drive off on your merry way. And that's what, that's what should be happening um, in that very good scenario. The tapping power slide more often happens when you're going up for a shot because Let's say you're driving horizontal to the play, like perpendicular to the, or parallel to the play, like balls coming out wide from a midfield pass off the wall. And it's like, oh, literally a perfect pass. This, this is the best teammate I've ever had. 
and Mm -hmm. you're driving in the midfield along that, like literally along the center line. And it's great. Um, Mm -hmm. there you don't want to just turn, turn the car and then jump up 90% of the time you want to maintain your speed, um, and actually use that speed to get to the ball faster. So what you're going to do is you're going to power slide a little bit, uh, then you're going to double jump aerial and then figure out like the power slide is used to have the momentum in the proper direction. And then, but you don't want to hold it because holding it is going to slow you down. <laughs> right. So you tap. No, no, no. I actually, yeah. I think I do that. I think I've been doing that actually quite consistently yeah. is tur- using it for tur- like little adjustments right before I hit yeah. or quick turns. I think I, that actually I have less. I think it's more with recoveries. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like I know, I know combo has talked about recoveries too to uh infinity shall we say mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. <laughs> the the you know i think i actually had significantly better recoveries no maybe not better than now but relative to my rank better recoveries than platinum <laughs> shall we say and that's probably my most under practice thing right now yeah and it's such a like weird thing to practice because you're kind of like actively thinking about it while you want to be thinking about the game mm-hmm. and aren't just i mean most people are not just going to go into free play and move around <laughs> you should be um, monkey uh what is it called the jungle gym is... monkey without the ball monkey no the, the ball. yeah the monkey without the ball or the jungle gym absolutely amazing do that more often every single person it's, listening <laughs> well and it, it's most important for like two two things it's like getting to a position where you have to be and you're like desperately have to get to mm-hmm. but two i think it's moving around without boost i think that yes probably a major u- part using less boost when you're moving around and that way there you don't have to worry about boost eco as much and, oh my god okay yeah speaking what you want to say. about this and Waiten's video if you really want to get good at recoveries empty your boost um until you have like 10 and get on the wall and then try and recover back to like a back post position and then end up with like at least 60 not getting a big pad because if you can so do you're that, to... you're, you're literally just jumping, uh, wave dashing, and flipping along the boost pads, maybe using a little bit of boost. Like 40 should be your absolute minimum to get to a back post position from a midfield uh, wall. Mm. And if you can do that fast and efficiently, um, like boost efficiently, then you're, you're golden. Um, but you can always do that better. And if you can't do that, then you're going to be very much very slow for one and unable to play the game um, at a high level just because you can't get to a, a place that you need to be with boost. To that point, I think I've actually noticed in my last couple of games is because I've been trying to implement this. I've had times where I held the uh, power slide just like a second too long. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, like as I'm doing like a half turn. <laughs> and so you just kind of you just kind of fade because <laughs> uh, you're trying to. So it, I think it's the reason like I'm holding on to it because I want to keep the speed, um, but I, I turn just like a little too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you just like power slide out. <laughs> okay. If you ever have that issue, think of that yeah. as you got bumped and then jump and then flip. Because I was just flip out of it. Literally just flip out of it in diagonal and like half flip your oh, way through. Other, okay, okay. Yeah. Like okay. you can always land forward if you're messed up. You might just take a half second extra. <laughs> So if I so like it kind of feels like when you know when um uh I I don't know like in in hockey when you're trying to do like the 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 lit, the skate over skate kind of turn sure right it's kind of like that but I keep messing up <laughs> and I'm still trying to turn but I can't keep my speed when I'm trying to. yes anyway yeah, yeah. um yeah. 
I, I think I think that yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of small things I can improve uh, with that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this has to do with playing without boost, right? Yeah. Um, you know, playing with full it, boost it's, is it's, very easy. <laughs> that could be a thing I work on. I could th- yeah, I think I think I'll just focus on on power boosting because I've I've kind of found my limit honestly myself about um individual maybe not individual skills but like there's not like any really new kind of individual skills i want to learn at this point right now Mm -hmm. right like i've essentially what i've i'm pretty i'm pretty comfortable with double taps air dribbles and even to some to some respect flipper sets right Mm -hmm. um so like i feel like those are the big three like special moves (laughs) yep the fancy the trifecta Uh, the the trifecta fancy Mm -hmm, mm um the exodia <laughs> i love that i love it. that's a title um uh but um yeah I, I feel like i have those which i'm really happy with um and now it's just just a lot of small adjustments and stuff yeah. uh and like i'm still practicing those but just the difference is like i don't i can't think of anything right now specifically um apart from maybe like my recovery spend power slide which i'm talking about that i can i can like really hone in and focus on for the next next little bit mm-hmm. if that makes sense like yeah. i i still kind of do the speed flip now so i can kind of do it sometimes but i'm not as caring about that one yeah uh okay it's it's i figured out oh. the the uh, analogy for what you're doing right now you're trying to play exodia but you have no draw cards in your deck and you figuring out how to recover better, you uh, play on low boost and do all of that stuff. Um, like use your power slides, collect the small pads oh, the and maintain. Cards. Those are the draw cards. Because you can't play Exodia if if you just have the five Exodia cards in your hand or in your deck and a whole bunch of other things. That's that's It's useless. It's just doing nothing. You can't even pretend to use those. Wouldn't these be the Egyptian God cards though, if we're talking Yu-Gi-Oh? No, because Egyptian God cards, you can actually you use those. collect them all. Oh, because Exodia, you have to collect them? You have to be able to use them. Otherwise, they're completely useless. But we need five. We need to think of two more things that you need to use. Yeah, I know. And then once you complete them... The Musty's definitely in there. Yep, yep. The Musty's not in there. I'm sorry. Okay, Ceiling Shot, for sure in there. I'll say that. Oh, okay. I know. I have that pretty... pretty. What else? Maybe not in the... I mean, I could work (laughs) on on the, the Ceiling Shot that you like... Because I, I will just drive up and do the ceiling shot. No, you got to jump off first. Uh, it's so much better. I hate that. It's so much better. Like, it, it actually just opens up every single ceiling shot that you were like, oh, I can't reach that anymore. But you can keep more boost. You Well, you do keep boost. You keep more boost by jumping. Because you don't have to boost through the, the upper rim. I guess you're right. I guess technically. <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. It's so, so much better. Actually, I, are you going full speed, though, when you hit it? It doesn't I make mean, a difference. Like, I'll tell you that right now. So if if I were to jump off, I need to jump off. Well, this is so like randomly technical. But, um, <laughs> I need to jump if I jump off and then land on the ceiling and then jump off of that and then hit the ball. You're saying I'm going to be moving at the same speed as if I just boosted all the way up. And you'll be there faster, and you probably won't have to jump off. And that's Are you, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll have the flip. You'll have the flip. Yeah, yeah. So you can jump off if you want to and like fake go to the defender and be like, haha, you thought I was going for a ceiling shot. Um, All right. My only, okay. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think that's the better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are sometimes I think you can trick people with it, but, but I think you're right that that's the correct way to do it. My only thing would say though, it isn't necessarily bad to practice it the other way. Oh, it's not. It's not. Um, Cause I think it gets you used to kind of moving at full speed 
off of weird angles yes <laughs> and upside down yes <laughs> well, it, it does it's very useful and it's probably i would 100 percent say where you should start but at some point you have to evolve to the jump off wall it land on ceiling and then just fall okay well that yeah. just you know what you've given me a new thing to practice because nice. i have my um, <laughs> speaking of which i have my like trifecta or no, my like yeah trifecta of things i practice i guess <laughs> there's a specific there's there's a specific uh, air dribble pack that i've been using forever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so i like to essentially do do three different practices with the same dribble pack um so the first two are just normal kind of air dribbles from mid or air dribbles from the other net mm-hmm um, and what I've done now is I've done standard air dribble and then air dribble while, uh, holding arrow left air dribble while holding arrow right. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I do for the first two that just kind of pop up either right in front of the net or sorry, it's kind of like right in front of the net and then mid. Okay. So those are the first two in the shot sure. pack. The next one is just like a roll up the wall. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is I do an air dribble first, then I do a ceiling shot and then I do a flip reset all in that same kind of roll mm-hmm. up the wall. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do now is that. When I'm doing, it's kind of like my go-to pack. So when I do it, what I'm going to do now is instead of doing the drive up the wall ceiling shot, I'll do, I'll start practicing. I'll include the um, yeah. jump off and then jump, jump off, hit the ceiling. Yeah. Do both. Uh, one. Do both. Do both? No, that's going to ruin my trifecta. Okay, fine. <laughs> I practice in threes, okay? I don't practice in fours. <laughs> okay. That's but just too much. My brain can't comprehend. Find your fifth no, no, and no. then get Exodia. Figure it out. <laughs> I should I should have five for each of the eight shots. Yeah, pack. yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not doing anyway, forty shots per, then what do you even do? <laughs> I, it's still like totally my favorite pack, though. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I literally have been using it since we started the podcast. Like I, I actually I remember that the, one too. <laughs> like I told you about it, like when I was learning air dribbles and platinum, you were like, "Yeah, wow, you can probably air dribble better than me at this point." I think you, that's what yeah. you said back then. I think back then um, you could probably still air dribble better than me right now. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> no i don't think i actually don't i think that's wrong because my air dribbles back then were like two hits or like maybe sometimes three you know what okay I mean? okay i actually think you can probably do better um i think i'm better now i'll, I'll say that confidently mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. actually there's probably my best skill when i'm on mm-hmm. uh but but uh no it's once again it's one of those skills that well i mean to crunch this point from last week right um no anyone uh like GC and higher knows you can't just air dribble the ball into the net. Yep. Oh my um, god. So you reminded me. I was. It, it's it's a use, useful skill for a lot of situations, uh, and a lot of the time it's air dribble into fifty <laughs> is mm-hmm. the situation. Yep. Because um, it kind of sets up your fifty better sometimes. Yep. Yep. Uh, but but this idea that I'm just going to air dribble into the net is is probably false. <laughs> And yes. What did you want to say? Okay. So you know how last week you had that scenario of uh, somebody air dribbled across the field and it was just like went into a flip reset and actually just shot it right in the first like 10 seconds or something. Do you remember that? I have a scenario and I actually have something to add to it, but yes. Okay. So we're going to say, so you said that and like nobody challenged him and nobody was ready for it and all that. And then I had the exact same scenario in this, like earlier today, like, two minutes after I watched that, uh, or I was listening to the podcast. That's funny. <laughs> and what I ended up doing was like, oh, every single person on the other team is ready for this because they were all positioned very close in shadow, shadow uh, positions. So yeah. I just banged a backboard from literally my corner of the net and my teammate got a double touch. And I was like, that was so much better because they were all re- expecting me to air dribble it across the fields. 
<laughs> and it just hit the ball hard. That's all I did. It's great. <laughs> well, here I, I've actually changed my mind about that specific air dribble. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think this is another thing that you realize. Air dribbles are actually pretty slow. They're very slow. So, and you... Like, yes, you could be twisting and changing your angle a lot. There's a lot of people that do that very well. Mm-hmm. But there is only a certain amount of change you can do. So mm-hmm. I think what happens, and this happens at a higher level play, is people recognize the general path the ball is going to follow. Yeah. Right? Like, you have a very hard time of completely changing the direction of the ball. Um, if you want to completely change the direction of the ball, you essentially have to be moving at the same speed at the ball and do the thing we were talking about with, like, the 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 how you're supposed to aerial episode. Mm-hmm. where you just full boost the other way like you know yep. what i mean like <laughs> you you uh you you essentially are beside the ball already moving full <laughs> speed with the ball moving full speed and then you full boost sideways you know like that, <laughs> that's, that's how you that's how you make it i mean that's an impossible shot to do but 100 percent, that's when air dribbles can be very annoying mm-hmm. when there's these kind of like these uh hooks mm-hmm. almost right hook shots um that, that's that's probably the most the most annoying thing about an aerial is when it starts on one side and then all of a sudden it's really like barreling down the other way. Yeah. Um, I think another good use of air dribbles is you start boosting to it, you stop and then you start boosting again. Yep. Um, the I fake out. That's, that that's a really there. nice one. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it, cause that one's anticipation and it kind of playing with anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the time someone's, especially someone's air dribble from the other side, like there should be no reason that they're not challenged at the appropriate time. Like, yes. you know, kind of what they're doing. Yep. Um, but I think the team Dylan challenge and then top of it, when he turned it into a, a flip reset, like when it looked like he's turning into a flip reset, that's when all the players freak out. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think people see the flip reset and they're like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> they're like, oh, God, I need to get on this ball. <laughs> but but it's but it's funny because I think if one player like if you, especially if you have some space, if it's not right in front of that, mm-hmm. I think if one player challenges and just ex- plays the flip reset. Mm-hmm. Like worst case scenario the ball just bounces slowly in front of your net for your teammates to hit (laughs) like a lot of the time you're just like yeah okay fake me out you know (laughs) like i think that's the correct play a lot of the time is like play the flip reset challenge the ball but but expecting a flip reset oh my god Um, i just i just realized yes high level play i just realized as you were talking about this why every single air dribble defense like or defense of an air dribble is two players like this is this is very that's why this, no this is very high level play but it's like somebody has to go high and somebody has to go low because if they yes. continue the air dribble then it's like oh it's just going to go over the first person but if they drop it then it's just going to go below the first person whatever okay this sucks it's it's undefendable um but the reason that two people can almost always actually get to that defense and be able to do it is because they're so slow that, yeah. That's why air dribbles really aren't that threatening, except for possibly in ones. But even in ones, you can kind of generally figure it out. <laughs> I mean, like the amount of precision you have to have with your air dribble to score against anyone who's decent mm-hmm. is incredible. You have to have that precision, plus you have to fake them out. Yes. Like essentially, you're playing rock, paper, scissors, but the only difference is that for you to use rock, you also have to solve a Rubik's Cube. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. You gotta like <sighs> it's it's not a it's not a bad chance if it's one on one. You're air dribbling. It's you know I I'll take one for three or, or even a fi- a coin flip. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Um, but you have to be able to solve that Rubes cube. That's that's yeah. the condition upon which you can flip that coin for 50-50. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, air dribble defense is a whole thing that I don't want to get into because I don't know enough about it. Ah, we know enough. Okay, I know a lot about it, but I haven't been in enough um, situations to actually give it. Like, actually Because once again, you don't know how to air dribble and you're in GC1, you know? Like, that's why. (laughs) True, but I can air dribble bump. You're not the only one. So, I don't know, man. (laughs) can air dribble dribble bump in ones. That's a more effective (laughs) thing. It is. It's way better. I just... It's not really air dribbling. It's just pop the ball up, run in front of it. Exactly. You pop the ball up, you go underneath, and then you just turn your car down and start boosting forward. It's perfect. Significantly (laughs) um, more practical skill for scoring. Yeah. Maybe not for like general improvement, but it's it's one of those tools you can probably learn in like a day or two. (laughs) You can use. Yeah. uh, And up yourself, uh, you know, give give yourself a a situation. Until someone figures out how to defend the bad ones and you're just like, oh, they're scoring on me every time I'm trying this. But twos, like twos and three sometimes though. Like if there's a last minute back, they're not going to do anything if you go for a bump. Like if you predict them. Yep. Yep. They're also okay. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. We could go on. I think we're. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to end the show here. Uh-huh. Um, so, the Rock League heavy show. I mean, this this is definitely like I feel like our shows recently have definitely kind of thrown back to some of our earlier episodes, because um, we're we're kind of exploring that technical side of the game again. So I mm-hmm. hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to also thank all our patrons mm-hmm. um, who have been supporting us. We have that show out. The new, uh, sorry, we had we had the uh, April Robin Kyle show, which is recommended by Pond. So be sure to uh, have a listen. Um, roll call to your patrons. Thank you so so much. Uh, shout out to you, Cursor, Jwise, Paint, Raz, Psychmop, Go, Tim, Barker, and Vance. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the show, making sure that uh, we have this awesome quality. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think maybe during the summer I might try to revamp the Patreon a little bit um, mm-hmm. and and kind of see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I nice. think that's where we're on the show this time. Uh, I hope all of you are doing well. Yes. Um, and my homework to you, my exit exit activity uh, is to find somebody. Uh, you care about that you haven't called in a while could be a friend could be uh, a family member and give them give them a call this week mm-hmm. okay give them give them a nice call happy belated mother's day by the way happy belated mother's day <laughs> great it, it could be it could be your mother yeah <laughs> your mom we forgot to call on mother's uh, day <laughs> all right uh thank you all so so much and uh, i hope you have an amazing week myself and Robert, we'll see you next week. Yeah.